Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. And we're back on Inside Black and Gold. One more segment here. We're going to get into you know some pat, some some red zone stats, some some thoughts on you know what's changed since the Saints and Falcons met up last time. Obviously, we talked about the quarterback with Scott, and it's going to be interesting to see how the Saints handle Taylor Heineke. The good news is they have some you know they're going to scout him this year. They've also played him right back in 2021. The Saints faced the Commanders. Uh, they were the Washington Football Team at that point, and uh, you know they so they 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 have some familiarity with how he likes to play and how he would operate against the same scheme that the saints are still running. Um, so, and I think the saints were pretty pleased with how they, how they uh, handled him that day. That was a funny game. Cause if you recall, uh, cause that was a James Winston game. Um, I know Paulson Debo got an interception on the goal line in that game, but they also converted a hail Mary to Marquez Callaway right before the half in that game that was in Washington. But you know, one thing that, yeah, you know, you, we're going to talk more about the, the week 12 matchup, um, and you know, the thing that happened in that game that I, you know, forced some changes, like the saints changed how they were operating based on how that week 12 game went. And it was because of the red zone. And that was a game. We talked it to death. Oh, for five in the red zone with two turnovers, Ouch, right. you had to, you attempted six field goals. You made five of them and you were still in the game. And like you, that's one of the games you look at and be like, man, the Falcons really took it to the saints at the end. And it was like, yeah, but if you had converted on even one of those red zone trips, right. that would have been a different game. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's that's something that we, we're going to talk a bit more about here. But yeah, what what, what are you kind of looking at from that game? Uh, yeah, it was just uh, abysmal to see them gashing the Saints for yardage. 
uh, in the run game, especially. Uh, it didn't matter if it was Bijan, Algier, Patterson, and even Ritter at the time. I, like I, I had mentioned in, with Scott uh, when we talked to him, it, he didn't have a ton of yardage, but with 30-some-odd yards, and they always seem to be those untimely runs from the quarterback that ends up picking up a, a third and long or something, and you convert the first down. But just overall, you know, I just remember watching that game and thinking, how, why, and 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 how is this team consistently getting gashed on the ground? Well, I mean, the Falcons do that. That's part of their that's that's their deal, right? Like, but it hasn't worked except it seemed to to, to work to a to a tee that game, obviously. Well, I mean, I think they've run for a lot of yards all season long. It just hasn't always been as effective <laughs> in terms of winning games. But they're, that's the thing about the Falcons; they're going to stick to the run. They're not going right. to abandon it ever. You know, one thing that uh, the the thing that I'm afraid of happening in this game is, you know, you think you're going to get Taylor Heineke to start. And so what happens if like three drives go by and, you know, he throws an interception or the Saints defense is shutting him down and then they just like switch to Desmond Ritter mid game and the Saints aren't prepared for that. And then he just runs wild. Like that's what I'm worried is going to happen in this game. Um, <laughs> Cause I actually, you know, like just the, the matchup of Desmond Ritter against the Saints. And I think if, if the Falcons weren't just, uh, if they, if they hadn't already benched Desmond and brought him back and benched him, benched him again, I would think this would be a game that you go back to Desmond because I think he right. provides a, a matchup against the Saints defense that t- Taylor does not. Right. And it, with it, you know it. Yeah. And so I worry that, you know, like, yeah, like he's going to come in mid game and he's going to run wild and be like, ah, again, it happened again. But, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. And, uh, hopefully, you know, uh, hopefully either way, the Saints defense can can do what they did because they they've held up against the run pretty well over the last, you know, other than the, the Rams game. Like you saw another the games they have struggled in. It's been the games that they not only have not stopped the run, but they've been gashed on first and second down. And it sets up easy three third down opportunities and sets up situations where you can't get a guy like Zach Bond on the field in like third and three because it's just he's not a he's not a rundowns guy. Um and so, but but getting back to what we came in talking about, right? So 0 for 5 in the red zone. One thing that, you know, I find interesting, and, and Dennis Allen talked about this on the coaches show this week, is it's not just that they've been more effective in the red zone. It's that they have changed up their approach a bit in terms of how they're operating and trying to get down closer as opposed to, you know, settling for shots um, from from the from the high red zone, right from the 15, from the 18, um, and this is I, I asked Derek Carr about that uh, on Wednesday, and uh, this is what this is what he had to say. Hey, Matt mentioned you know, one of the things they noticed that I was like, okay, getting from the 25 to the 10 was a big factor in being more efficient. Is that something like a coaching point that you've had to kind of look at and say, okay, I can adjust some of the things that I'm doing to you know because it seems like I think 11 of the last 13 they've all come inside the 10 yard line. And obviously that's worked out for Yeah, it has worked out. <clears throat> and I think, honestly, I really believe, man, the biggest thing that was that, that we've gotten better at is we're not hurting ourselves with penalties. You know, when we would get in that fringe area and then you get whatever whatever the penalty is, you know, we get an intentional grounding, a holding, an offense or whatever. Uh, that's really hard to make up those yards as you get tighter, you know. And so uh, I think that's been an improvement for us. Uh, and, and, yeah, I mean, the closer you get, the easier it is. It's going to be percentage-wise to score in our league. And so, you know, you try your best in decision-making and all those things that, you know, way out here, you don't always have to throw it in. You like to throw them in from there, but you can also, you know, take a route that gets you inside the 10 and, and play, keep playing the game. So um, there's a lot of that definitely from depending on the play and the situation that comes on, you know, my plate for sure. 
you know, the funny thing about that clip, if you watched it, is he's like pointing and you're like, what the hell are you pointing at? Well, the way they would do interviews at the facility, the practice field is right there. So he's actually pointing at the yardages, but it looks weird when you don't have the context <laughs> of that. You know, so yeah, so the the funny thing to me, and I always find this odd, is like we value a 19-yard touchdown more than we value a 21-yard touchdown. Hmm. Why? I don't know. But it's just that's technically the red zone, so you get it. Um, The Saints are 11 of their last 13 in terms of touchdowns in the red zone. It's like 85%. That's not, that's, uh, I imagine that's number one in the NFL. I'm not even going to bother checking. Their red zone TD percentage on the season is up to about 58%. So they were, in 28th in the league at a certain point, I think after week 12, they've now climbed up to like 18th or 17th, right? So, you know, they were that bad in the beginning of the season that even with this run, they're still only a little over 50%, right? But again, like I like I mentioned in that clip, 11 of those 11 touchdowns have come inside the 10-yard line. The two the two drives that ended in a field goal attempt, uh, they, the final play was run from the, the 10 or the 11, right? And so... It's different. He also mentioned the penalties. And yes, there hasn't been a single penalty on any of those drives to make things more difficult. And yes, that is a that is a factor. But you know what DA said this week is, you know, they kind of pinpointed this issue of like in when you get inside the 25, the the this the goal doesn't have to be to score a touchdown. The goal should be get closer, make life easier on yourself. And that's really what they've done, you know. And the funny thing is again, like I said, if you push it out to the 25. So they're 11 of 13 in the red zone, but they're also 13 of 16 inside the 25 because you've had a, a 20-something yard touchdown to Juwan Johnson, a 20-something yard touchdown to Taysom Hill uh, on similar plays. Um, and I just think I, I do think it's it's kind of interesting when you when you break that that all down. But yeah, I I, I just think when you look at how things went in that game compared to how you how, what, how things look in this game, I do think that that's been a huge factor in why this offense has seemed more efficient. And I am curious as you get into this game, how how you operate in that regard and and how you kind of change things up. But I think that is something that as I look at like, okay, what why will this game go differently than that game did? I just think you're seeing an approach uh, that's gen- generally worked. No, you, you're bringing them stuff from last game, last game too, and I'm I'm definitely afraid to see what happens uh, first time this you know Saints may go down into the red zone area. God forbid they go zero for one. And you know those boo birds are going to be coming out right away. Oh, yeah, yeah, it, it is curious. It is curious because like they've only failed on two red zone trips, but the one that happened at home <laughs> was the first drive against the Panthers, and we did hear boos. And Blake Griffey missed that field goal attempt. That was one. Of, that was that very short field goal attempt. Right, drives another dagger into it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I just think you know, it, it's you. All you can ask a team to do is is improve, right? And to look at the things that didn't work and get better. You know, right. it's like it, 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 you can't just cut the roster. You can't change the entire scheme every week. All you can do is look at the things that did not go right and fix them. And so when you see a team do that, you know, in one of the, this is a major fault. This was one, I had a podcast where I went off on, you know, why, like they needed to change things up. They needed to adjust. They needed to look this in the face and admit what it is, which is struggling in the red zone. And your quarterback is one of the worst red zone quarterbacks in the league. And so, you know, I, if you, you're looking for positives, you can look at that and say that is a positive. That was a positive development. It, you would have loved for it to not take 13 weeks, but you got there. And so, you know, I kind of I kind of look at that. And in, in a game where you, you don't know what you're going to get from the run game because Alvin's hurt and you know probably won't play, um, that that efficiency is going to be going to be on full display. And you're gonna you're gonna have to do it again. 
Um, but that's that's kind of that's that's all I have to say on on that subject. Yeah, I'm interested. You mentioned obviously with Kamara being banged up, that that hurts this offense a lot. Obviously, he is such a key focal point and means so much. Even though obviously the touchdowns might not be there once again this season, but man, oh man, you you rely on Alvin obviously the running and and receiving game. Yeah, no, what, what I will say, so we're going to get a big dose of Jamal this week. I assume Kendra Miller told me he's going to play, uh, even if he's still, he's still going to have to grit through that injury to some extent, but he's going to play. Um, and uh, yeah, we did we, we did hear from Jamal in the locker room this week. So let's 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 listen to that really quick. To be a physical back, physical back, because you're not the biggest dude in the world. But what does it take to be a physical back? Just mindset, mindset, um, willingness to go in there, put your body on the line, and just don't be afraid. You know what I mean? So you just got to go in there with just. Uh, a fearless mindset and just know your abilities. Is that kind of you know what has rubbed off on you with with these teammates? Do they kind of expect that out of you? I mean, you know, when you get the ball, they kind of know what they're going to get to do. He's going to put his foot in the ground and, and get up in there. Yeah, that's that's the type of person I am. But yeah, I try to do more. Um, but at the end of the day, it's all about just being physical, letting the teammates know, you know, just how I run, just let them know I'm I'm not going to go in there. Ugh. Lightfoot, I try to figure out where <laughs> lightfoot in it, but just going there with all gas and just have fun in there while I'm doing it. So <laughs> it, it was fun, honestly. I actually had, I think it was one of the players, I don't know who it was, but he asked me, he was like, Why are you laughing? Because <laughs> I be laughing down there. And so I guess he never seen me laugh before, but I was in there laughing. He was like, Why are you laughing for? I said, To keep the pain away. <laughs> but nah, nah, it's just that fun. Like, this game is a physical one. Your body's gonna feel at the end of the game, but why not? Why not just go 100% while you're in there? So, did you feel stronger as it went? Yeah, yeah. I just felt uh, I'm just getting just used to it. The more touches I get, the more familiar I get with the line, and then it's just us just talking to each other, communicating, and just seeing. You know, I'm a different back than what AK is, so I just try to do my best to show him. You know, physicality is here. I see the blocks. I'm just trying to make sure I make my alignment right. Yeah, and there's Jamal, right? Um, I and we could just kind of mold this into the X Factor segment because my yes. X Factor is going to be not only Jamal and how he plays; it's going to be the approach you take with Jamal because it has to be different than the approach you'd come at it with with Alvin, right? I think you're going to do more inside zone. You're gonna you're gonna try to wear down that offensive or that defensive front a little bit more. You're going to run a lot of Taysom, right? I think you're going to get a lot of QB power and. And I, but I think, you know, one thing that's been difficult for Jamal this year is he's a guy who I think relies on some, some semblance of like rhythm. rhythm. And yes. as, as he got more into that game last week, you kind of yeah. just see the confidence growing and the physicality kind of comes with that. And I think it's just, it's not a complicated thing. He's just got to hit the hole and go. And you need to see him falling forward. I don't need to see these 20, 30 yard runs, but I do need to see more consistent four to five yard runs on early downs. What drives me nuts is when you, you, you get your mall in there. Cause like his game is supposed to be, you know, worst case, you're talking two, three yards. You can't be getting TFLs in the Jamal Williams run game um, because you shouldn't be dancing. You should, I think as you put it light footing around, you should just be getting downhill and running behind your pads and, and making life miserable on the Falcons defenders who it's not a very, it's not an, an elite run front. You can run on that team. So to me, that's, you know, it's not only a, I need Jamal to play well. And I think, uh, you know, he's, he's in a better position to do that now than he was early in the season, just because he, you know, there's a more understood plan, you know, the offensive line is playing a little better. Um, and he's, and he's 
hopefully back to, to you know, health, full health, right? I, I also need to see the Saints call a game that suits him. Yeah, you know, and that's been one of my criticisms is I don't know if there's been, you know, a lot of creativity in terms of playing to guys' strengths in the in the run game specifically um, outside of Alvin because you already know how to use Alvin. Hmm. Um, and then they have thrown the ball to Alvin a lot. They have gotten Alvin the ball in, in ways that, you know, were a little more creative than maybe you've seen the last couple of years. Um, but that's that you, you're going to lose some of those pages of your playbook this week if he can't go. So how do you react to that? And I think that's kind of the X factor for me. If you can't run the ball, right? If you're, if you're just sitting back and having to throw it 40 times, I don't think you're going to win the game. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. I'm right with you with Jamal Williams. That's why I was laughing when you played that clip. I was like, oh, he's, it's a perfect segue into the X Factors. Uh, we haven't seen enough from Jamal this year. I'm hoping that, yeah, if, if Alvin does have to miss this game, they're ready to feed a, a pretty healthy diet of, of carries to Jamal. And, man, we saw Alante Taylor obviously get his first pick of, this, of his career last week. Maybe we can get Jamal his first touchdown as a Saint this season, finally in the finale, and maybe we can, you know, flip that perception of him into uh, helping be a Falcon killer, which can only help going into next year. Because I don't think Jamal Williams is going anywhere. I know what you're talking about. If you look at Jamal, he's averaged nine touchdowns over the last two seasons. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's how math works. You can't argue with math. No, you're right. There you go. You can, you, like we we joked about earlier too. It's like you can change those statistics any way you want to work in your favor. <laughs> yeah, zero this year, eighteen last year. That's a joke. Um, but yeah, so it would, it sure would be nice, right? And, and again, like we talked about this, it's like, or I think I talked about this yesterday. I don't know if we talked about it, but you know, the the frustrating thing is you brought Jamal in, and the idea was like, oh, he's a short yardage monster. Like you're going to get in these situations where it's third and short. And there's, there isn't going to be a question. You're just going to put them all in there, get the first yeah. down, and keep it moving. That hasn't been the case. Like you just haven't seen that, even you know, even in situations where it could be. I think the the opening drive against the Vikings in the second half, you had a chance to do that, third and one, and and you just got stoned uh, at the line. And it's like that's the whole point of him being here, right? Um, yeah. So I don't know. I hope maybe you can maybe you can because because that's a it's a good way, especially against a team that doesn't score quickly, right? A team that wants to control the time of possession is to do that to them, is to extend drives. There's nothing more demoralizing for a defense than getting to third and third and one, fourth and one, and just feeling like there's no way you can get off the field on that down, right? Like if you're if you can't get them to third and three or longer, they're just gonna like that's the Eagles, right? Like 
when the Eagles are playing well, that's what they're doing is they're getting into third and short, fourth and short, and you know you can't stop it. They're going to run that friggin' tush push, and they're just going to have Jalen Hurts just, just fucking spelunk his way through the line and get a first down. And like it's like basically it's an automatic first down. If you get to third and one, you might as well just start the next set of downs because you're not stopping it. And, and that's how I was hoping this kind of Jamal Williams tenure yeah. would go. And so maybe maybe uh, maybe this is a chance for you to kind of start doing that. Going over the defensive side, well, what what are you looking at? I mean, obviously you mentioned Alante Taylor, but what what are you what are you looking at in terms of this matchup? Uh, this one, obviously, you know, from that first meeting, uh, first off the bat, you, you got to stop the run game. You know what Atlanta's going to do, that they're not going to change it, who they are in this one. You know, it's going to be Bijan, Algier, Patterson uh, coming at you. And, man, that's a pretty lethal trio right there. But uh, I'm, I'm going to go into I want to see the pass rush also show up like they did last week. I was really impressed on how they were able to, you know, throw Baker off his game. And it was like, Holy crap! Where where have these guys been all season? Uh, th- that to me really stood out in Tampa Bay, and hopefully they're able to get after Heineke in this one and make him uncomfortable because we know for sure that the Falcons are definitely adept at turning the ball over. Yeah, I think handling the run is uh, handling the running backs in general, and not just the run. Obviously, you know you want you need to be able to tackle and and get off the field and and not allow them to just run the ball down your throat. But one of the things that that they the Saints could not do in that game was cover Bijan out of the backfield either. Like that right. game was you were you I mean you I wouldn't say you were in control of that game, but that game was going at least defensively in a way that you could stomach until you know that drive where they hit Bijan on the on the wheel and Demario was in trail and it was just a perfect throw from Desmond and yeah. you know, there was a, there, he had a, he had another I think he had two touchdowns in that game if I can, if I recall correctly. There's another one where he just kind of knifed through the defense, and Marcus May didn't do anything, uh, and and he just kind of waltzed into the end zone. No, you're right. Yeah, he had the receiving and a, a rushing. Yeah, and and that th- those two plays, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, he can run the ball. And they're going to run the ball. They're going to get rushing yards. It's not like you're going to stop them from running the ball, but it's those big plays, those chunk plays from the running backs that you can't allow to happen. You know, because if they're going to run the ball 16 times, you know, fine. I I, I like my odds of of eventually, you know, th- th- we're going to win on a block and they're going to, and you're going to get a TFL and you're going to put them behind the chains. And, but it's like, if they can, if they're getting those 20, 30 yard chunk play runs, then that's what, that's what really breaks, breaks your defense down. And, um, and Bijan, it, it's like, he's that guy. Like he's, you, you, you know, it's funny because you, you look at Saquon Barkley and you, what you did to him was, was really impressive. And so, you know, I, I compare. I think Bijan and Saquon are very similar, and they even both have the ons on there. But yeah, I, I, that's that's kind of my X factor: is you need a better plan. You need to avoid. You, you can't let them d- just isolate Demario in coverage against Bijan at will. Uh, it, but you are undermanned at linebacker, right? You don't have Nephi Sewell anymore. So how does that change things? Um, you know, I, I I think maybe Monty Rice. Maybe this is a good game to see the Monty Rice debut. You brought him in. You clearly like him. He has not been active, but I don't. I, I hope that there is an alternative to forcing Zach Bond to play all these Sam snaps and limiting him in the pass rush. Like I, I don't want. I want to see them. You know, I don't. I don't really care if you want to put Zach at Sam, but I don't. That can't come at the expense of getting him involved in the pass rush when you have opportunities. So that's another thing: is how do you how do you replace Nephi? Because Zach did play the Sam when Nephi went out, so like he doesn't know how to do that. So maybe that's the plan. Maybe you do put him in because those 
the base defense snaps are not are very different from the third and long. Like you're not you're never running base defense on third and long. That's always dime or nickel. So it just means that Zach might be playing a much higher snap load than normal. So how does he handle that? But but I agree. I, I think just the way you handle the running backs in a lot of different ways on defense is going to be uh, a big factor in terms of whether you can get get the result you want this time around. I was going to ask you too. Have you heard anything about the plan for Peyton Turner going into the finale? <laughs> he's he's practicing. Right. Uh, I know, but he hasn't been activated, right? He has not been activated, and you're getting close to that window. I'd have to double check in terms of you know you know maybe I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do put him on the active roster and just have him ineligible just in case you get to the playoffs and maybe. But I, I don't expect him to play this week. Okay. Um, it's just like this is a pretty high high leverage game to bring someone back in, but that would be the same case in the playoffs. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. He he hasn't got a full practice in yet. He was limited. If 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 he can get a full practice in to uh, on Thursday or, or you know before, if he can get a full practice in before this game, maybe. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and waste any time trying to figure out whether Peyton can make an impact because. I, I, I mean, if he does, it was, great. It was just one of those things. I was hoping to see him. Obviously, uh, Michael Thomas, Marshawn Lattimore are not going to be guys we see either in this finale. No, I don't expect any of them to play. Um, Nephi's out. Landon Young's not going to play. Um, he could play if they get to the postseason. Um, but and I don't. I don't anticipate Peyton Turner playing. I don't. I don't think Alvin's going to play. You know, when when Kendra tells me that he's sure he's playing this week, even though he's still hurt, to me, I read that as. Because you need another running back, right? Exactly. Right. Agreed. Um, and you know, maybe maybe Alvin bucks bucks this and and gets back and has some. Yeah, he's not going to be one hundred percent. But maybe you can even if he's a decoy. I think there's value there. So maybe they can get him out there. But you know, you you saw what happened with Michael Thomas, right? Like it, you don't. I, I don't like messing around with ankle injuries, and that's why a lot of people have been hard on Kendra for for being out. Like he's hurt. Like that's that's one thing that drives me nuts is trashing players in general, but particularly young players because they got hurt. It's like, yeah, they also would have liked to not get hurt. You know, <laughs> like no one wants to be hurt. Yeah, it's um, tough when you start, you know, the perception is, oh, he's milking the injury, doesn't want to get on the field. I don't like that either. Anyone who's ever sprained their ankle should understand what's going on here. Like ankle injuries linger and then they linger and then they linger some more. And every time you you think you're past it, you step on the sidewalk wrong and all of a sudden you're right back where you are and exactly. you know and, and replace that sidewalk with with a 300 pound lineman right you know it's it's not as you know it's it's frustrating i'm frustrated cuz i like kendra sure. and i think you've seen flashes from him they're not going to give up on him but you know it's that's the frustrating thing um and so you know he's going to be out there i assume you know unless he has a setback or you know if alvin does go maybe that changes things for him but I think you even if Alvin did go you would need that third running back because you don't want to be caught in the same position with just Jamal and Adam Prentice um but yeah yeah and I know the team uh recently let go of John Trey Kirkland so he's not coming up at all yeah I mean they could bring him back but he's, <laughs> That's a, he's, true, a right? he's, he's not going anywhere he's a wide receiver the other options on the practice card are Jordan Mims and James uh James Robinson um oh so, man I even forgot they had James Robinson wow yeah, so I think if, if Alvin can't go and you do have Kendra active, you probably do elevate one of those guys. I don't know whether it would be Jordan or James, but you I think when you're you can't because you see a guy go out there and he's playing through an injury, 
you know, like the re-injury risk is obviously there. And so if he has right. to be cut down during the game, you want to have that extra running back. <laughs> um, it's it's a little different than going into a game with two healthy guys and losing one. Uh, so that's that's my guess. But that's that's all I have. Anything else you want to hit before we get out of here? No, man. Just hoping to extend this season by miracle of miracles. I'll take it any way we can get in. Yeah, this could be this could be the last regular season pod. Think about that. That's kind of crazy, right? Right. Season is gone. Just season, like that, football is ending. Yeah, well, it's not ending, but it might be ending for the Saints. Uh, right. Just just a reminder, if anyone is still kind of confused, it's very simple. The Saints need to win, and to win the NFC South, they would also need the Panthers to beat the Bucks. If that doesn't happen and the Saints do win, then they would need, in the wild card matchups, they would need the Packers to lose to the Bears and the Seahawks lose to the Cardinals. They need both of those results. And if that happens and the Saints win, they get in. The interesting thing, and Mike Triplett was talking about this, and it's if you're betting on one, the best odds you can get, and the one that feels like it's not that crazy, is the Falcons winning the NFC South because they still can. And that would feel like so on brand for, for this division anyway to have an eight and nine champion for two years in a row. And so, like, you can get like, like six to one odds on the Falcons winning. And really it's like, it's just, it should be a pretty much a pick em, in my opinion, between the saints and the Falcons. And they both only need the Panthers to beat the, to beat the Bucks. So, so like if you, if you're looking for a good odds bet, I'm not telling you to bet against the saints, but if you want to, that's where the, that's where the odds advantage is because it's funny. Like the saints really need the same thing. The saints and the Falcons need the same thing. They each need, to win and they need the Bucks to lose. But right. the Saints are going off at three to one and the Bucks are going off at six to one to win the NFC South. That's oh, and wild. the thing we haven't talked about, the thing we haven't talked about is Baker Mayfield's dealing with a rib injury. Um <laughs> courtesy of Tyron Matthew. <laughs> oh darn. <laughs> Poor guy. I, I know uh, he said he's obviously gonna do everything in oh, his power to play, play, but he's gonna uh, play. But I, as we saw with, you know, Derek Carr playing through an injury sometime, that didn't obviously affect your performance. And hopefully that is the case. <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, Baker's going to play. There is a 0% chance he doesn't play. Agreed. But, you know, if you are of the believers that the Derek Carr's injury has affected him, I, I think it's – especially rib injuries for a quarterback, you got to rotate. You know, Hopefully and, Brian Burns lands on him a little hard. Don't, don't say that. I don't <laughs> like that. That's uh, you know, but um, yeah. Anyway, that's no, it. Then what? Kyle Trask performs some miracle, and you're like, what? Yeah, that would that would that would really twist the knife. As if the Panthers have like a <laughs> exactly. point lead. Kyle Trask comes in and leads this like epic comeback. Right. I could just um, hear this, you know, like cheers in the super. And all of a sudden, Baker Mayfield's been knocked out of the Buccaneers game, and the fans are like, ah. But yeah. meanwhile, Kyle Trask ends up going cheering, off against Carolina. Cheering injuries is never cool, but uh, yeah. Yeah, and that's that's one other thing is like I honestly don't even want to watch the score for the Panthers Bucks game because I don't care what the score is. The Panthers could be up by 15 and I would not like it's like they're gonna blow this 100 percent Like I will not feel safe. Like I don't even want to know because I will not feel safe until that until that buzzer sounds. Right. <laughs> so um that is what it is. But all right, let's wrap this up. This is inside black and gold. The dog is dog is interrupting for the second time. She says, take me out, Brew. You've been recording for so long. Yeah, it has been a while. Um, but thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, everyone, who's followed along all season. If this is the last regular season podcast, we're not going away, but it will feel like a different thing. 
Uh, so we'll find out. If not, we'll be going right on this same recording schedule as we have been for at least one more week. So we'll have to we'll have to figure that out. But who dat? Go Saints. I'm Jeff Noah. He is Steve Geller. Be easy, y'all. NFC South champs. Here we come. That's it. Peace.